Amen. Come to the altar. So y'all know from last week and probably from what we have saying today that today is about what? Anybody want to know? Want to guess? Prayer. <laughs> prayer. Today is about prayer. We're finishing up the uh, the full armor of God and next week is the last week in Ephesians. All right. So um, I'm kind of sad to see it come to an end. Um, but but I guess it has to end sometime, um, and so uh, we actually will we'll do a a four a four week short series mini series on Jonah after that. So um, looking forward to that. But um, so today, as you see up there, and again, thank y'all, uh, Alex and Miss Rhonda and Sally, Miss um, Dolores, all you guys, I really appreciate you guys. Um, prayer. So. There are many great quotes about prayer. Let me let me share with with you some, and, and Miss Rhonda will will, will kind of help me through this as we, if you would just put one up at a time. There is about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven of them. So, um, first one: Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. That's a good one, isn't it? I like that one. Anonymous man, anonymous. He 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 or she says a lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, I can't help myself sometimes. Uh, uh, the second one, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Martin Luther. Another very good one. How about the next one? Prayer delights God's ear. It melts his heart. Thomas Watson delights his ear. He likes to hear those prayers. It melts his heart. Right, what's the next one? Billy Graham, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. That's a good one. All right. Edwin Harvey says, A day without prayer is a day without blessing, and a life without prayer is a life without power. Right. And then we have D.L. Moody. I think we had two by him in a row. Every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. Another very good one. And then I think the last one um, today. I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. Those are good quotes. Amen? Very good quotes. I love them. They're, they're beautiful. Um, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom there in them. And I know they're the truth. I also know that prayer works. I've seen prayers answered. Haven't you? I had a small one answered this week. i got to tell you about it. It's a small, it's a small one. And so... Not to go in great detail, but my um, what do you oper how do you say it? operatus? What do you say? I can't remember my modem opera. Anyway, how I do things. All right, thank you. That's just easier to say. Um, is is uh, when I get home Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday are my days that I work on my sermons. Okay, I try to be done by Wednesday. All right, um, and then I'll go back over. That's the one for three weeks out. Then I'll go back over the one for this Sunday, you know, when I put it in the proclaim, and then Saturday morning, and then Sunday morning again, yeah. So that's kind of how I do things. But I'm tired. Okay, so so I, here's what I learned. Uh, I'm almost 50, so um, I get tired. And I have a job that I appreciate. I can teach PE. I don't have to go exercise after work, so I appreciate that. But physically, I'm exhausted because I walk about 20,000 steps every day, so eight or nine miles. And so... I'm, I'm just tired. So I get home Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and I'm, I'm just tired. And I'm like, I work on my sermon. So um, Wednesday, I, I felt a little guilty because I like to take about a 20-minute nap if I can take one. All right, And then I'm, I'm, I feel better. I get that from my dad, I guess. I don't know. And, and so I told Sally when I got home, I said, I just feel guilty. 
Like, I know I gotta, I'm not finished with my sermon on Jonah, chapter one, but I've got to, you know, and so, um, but I just, I gotta take a nap. I'm about to fall out. And so, real quick little prayer. I said, God, I, it, was, it was five o'clock. I said, God, can you just give me 15 minutes? Just give me 15 minutes. And just give me, just, uh, just give me just all the power, all the energy I need to, to finish my sermon. And y'all, two, the, I, I looked at my phone, it was five o'clock. I woke up at 5.15, right? And with all, it felt like I woke up in the morning, like I had all the energy in the world. I worked for three more hours. I had no idea I had three hours more to work. I thought I had like an hour, all right? I had three hours. So real short, uh, you know, answer to prayer. And when you see prayers answered, it's just encouraging, right? I know it works. I know it's important for a Christian. I'm a, I'm a preacher, <laughs> you know? Uh, of course, we're supposed to pray, Amen. But can I be honest with you? If I'm being really completely honest, I struggle with prayer. I, I struggle when I compare myself to other men and women of God who pray to, who pray two to three hours every day. Right? See, I, I'm overwhelmed because I'm, I know I'm not that person, you know. Um, or am I the only one? who struggles to keep my attention sometimes when I pray. My, my mind wanders. I, I try not to fall asleep. I'm just being honest, completely honest this morning. Okay? What I'm saying is that your pastor is not perfect and needs your prayers. And I'm guessing I'm not alone because I saw some people nod their head. See, I believe that while most Christians would agree that prayer is vital to our spiritual lives. It's 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 very important. It's it's integral. It's um, all those words that you want to use. For the most part, I feel like we'd rather talk about prayer than actually pray. And so, it's, as you look at my my quote today, and again, I'm being completely honest and open with you today. All right. Um, and and so here's our challenge today from the from the word from Ephesians. Prayer should permeate our lives. To spread through something in every part is what permeate means, okay? To permeate our lives as Christians. We should pray at all times in the Spirit, point number one, with all kinds of prayer, number two, alertly with all perseverance, number three, and then for all the saints. So that's where we're going today, all right? A bunch of alls in there, okay? As we go, as we look at three verses in Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. Let's look at verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Number one, if you're taking notes, praying at all times in the Spirit. So as I mentioned last week, we're finishing up what? What were we finishing up? We, you know, we had the different things. What were they? Pieces of armor. Pieces of armor. All right, the armor of God. And I mentioned last week, and I was alluding to this week, that we always say, all these are defensive. All of these are defensive, right, Brother Tommy? All of them are defensive. And then, oh, offensive weapon. And the preachers will say, that's the only one. No, it's not. <laughs> okay? No, it's not. Because um, the problem is, I think, some, some Bibles, some Bible translations will put a, will, will end the paragraph and start a new one at verse 18. And then we have a tendency to be like, okay, that's all. That's all, my God, done. Check off, move to the next thing. It's not. It's not, okay? Uh, maybe if, if Paul would have called it the lance of prayer, you know, then maybe we would, we would associate it with, with, with armor, right? Because 
the Word of God is not the only, the only weapon. See, the fact uh, of the case right, that's right there makes my point for me. That prayer is often overlooked and underutilized. Or maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, again, we just, we, we, we go through it and we think, okay, yeah, I like that. The faith, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Again, there, there's not something that goes with prayer there. But whatever reason it may be, we've gotten it wrong. And prayer is a weapon. And it's without a doubt one of our least used weapons in the Christian arsenal. Would you agree with that? Okay. Martin Luther said during the Reformation, prayer must do the deed. See, it was... What he meant by that was that while other things were definitely important, prayer should be the most important thing. Prayer would be the reason why they were successful or not. See, prayer is the energy that enables a Christian soldier to wear the armor and to wield the sword. It's the means to all that stuff that we talked about. It's the means to it. And again, we're definitely in battle. Amen? Uh, Honer said, nuclear wars cannot be won with rifles. Likewise, satanic wars cannot be won by human energy. Got to have God in prayer. But again, let's be honest here. The idea of praying at all times is intimidating, right? Every waking hour. Actually, the phrase literally means at every opportunity. And again, y'all know I love the details, so if I always share this with you, I thought this was very, very neat. Okay? Uh, as Stephen J. Cole said, it's the same idea as 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray without ceasing. Um, the Greek word translated without ceasing was used of a hacking cough and of repeated military assault. So do, does someone with a hacking cough cough all the time, every second? No. All right, they cough, they cough, uh, and then uh, repeatedly and often, and then he might go, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't go very long without coughing, but he's going he's gonna to cough again soon, all right? Just not every second, okay? Or um, in the case of repeated military assault, is it constant military, is it constant, constant? Don't have to regroup at some point? And so um, it, the idea is it attacks again and again until it conquers the city, all right, but it regroups and it, and it keeps go, going. So in the same way, we should pray often and repeatedly until we gain the thing for which we are praying is what Steve, that's how Stephen, Stephen Cole said it. But I, I like that. Um, the idea is it's still an attitude of prayer and a constancy in prayer. Right? But uh, it, it removes a, a little bit of intimidation for me not, knowing that it's not, maybe not necessarily means every single second. Okay? Although I think as Christians, it should be on our, on our hearts uh, at all times. Amen? In our minds. So a spirit of prayer, I believe, is always there. Philippians 4, 6, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, instead of worrying, we should pray. That would be an easy one right there to remember for some of us. Right? When I get the, 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 the feeling to worry, pray instead. Right? Dr. Curtis Hudson said, There is more that you can do after you pray, but there is nothing you can do until you pray. Until you pray, pray first. And then the part where it says, in the Spirit. So let's look at that part. Um, Ferguson said, praying in the Spirit is prayer that conforms to the will and purpose of the Spirit. By humbly submitting our wills and desires to God's, the Spirit takes a limited wisdom and zeal of finite creatures and uses them with infinite wisdom and power to work all things together for good, uh, says Brian Chappell. Romans 8, 26-28 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. 
See, and you have, pause for a second, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. Amen, we've already talked about that. And so listen to this, okay? This is an encouragement. In the same way the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Right? I was talking about some of my weaknesses earlier, right? Because we do not know what to pray for as we should. Okay? Um, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. So if we just be obedient and pray, all right? It's being, it's been given a better translation, basically, uh, through, from the Holy Spirit. And he, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And then Romans 8 and 9, because uh, S.M. Baugh said that all genuine believers dwell in the Holy Spirit as the atmosphere of the inaugurated new creation. I think that was beautiful. Um, that we all dwell in the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Romans 8 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to them. But we, if you've accepted Jesus as, our, as your Savior, we have the Holy Spirit. And Bob goes on to say, Paul points to prayer that relies on the Holy Spirit to convey and express one's desires and love while intervening, intervening for one's brothers and sisters in the Lord before the throne of grace which is a form of worship. And again, like I kind of alluded to earlier, like he, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit is taking what our hearts, our words, and, and, and making like a better translation presented to the Heavenly Father. John 4, 23-24 says, But an hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Corey Ten Boom, y'all probably familiar with her, uh, she said, is prayer, she asked the following question that I want to ask you. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Something to think about. Right? May, may that prayer be our steering wheel. Now, spare tire, I, I never use that. I couldn't put it on if I wanted to. I'm, I'm, that, I'm that much of a man. Okay? All right. I just totally blast myself there. Right? But the question is, does it guide you or do you hardly ever use it? See, prayer should permeate our lives as Christians. We should pray at all times in the Spirit. And the second part we're going to next with all kinds of prayers. With all kinds of prayers. So Ephesians 6.18 again. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. That's the part we're looking at. With every prayer and request. And stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. So number two, praying all kinds of prayers. It says every prayer and request. See, when I don't know about you, but when I, know, I think of prayer, I think of like requests. You know, I request, you know, go to God. I'm gonna ask Him for this and for that, and I want to pray for for that person and that person, and I, you know, but but it's like requests, and that's all a lot of people think about. Well, prayer is is more than just that. Um, there's more than just one kind of praying. Uh, praying. There's praise. There's supplication, right? Um, which is bringing your quest to God. There's intercession, which is praying for brothers, for other people, interceding, getting in between. Right? So helping and praying for other people, basically what that is. And thanksgivings, okay, is, is another example. First Timothy 2.1, we can look at some other uh, portions of Scripture here where, where he mentions different types of requests. First uh, Timothy 2.1 says, First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. And so he mentions uh, petitions for prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings right there. And then Philippians 1.4, Always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. 
and, and I may have, I think I mentioned this uh, before uh, from this pulpit. Maybe you weren't here when I mentioned this because I think it might have been back when we did Philippians. I'm not for sure, um, which I think two years ago. But uh, I, I, I mentioned the, the ACT prayer, and it's something that helps guide me, you know, uh, A-C-T-S. And this is a good one. All right? um, a stands for adoration, praise. So spending time praising God. Just, you know, just, God, you're awesome. Right? You're a holy, you're an almighty God. Uh, and, and you just spend time just praising Him and worshiping Him. And then C, confession, is exactly what you think it is. God, I'm sorry. All right? Forgive me for, for this sin. Forgive me for that sin. Be specific. Right? Uh, and then, I can't remember all of them, God, so please forgive me for all the ones I don't remember right, that I committed. Right? Um, in the name of Jesus. And then, Thanksgiving. God, thank you. Thank you that you woke me up this morning, right? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, again, I prayed this morning. I'm th- so thankful for, for the church that we have. I was telling my, my best friend that yesterday. You know, I just have an awesome church. Um, you know, other than Ethan Land, it is almost perfect. Um, just playing, brother. You know, you, if, if Jimmy's not here, it's going to be you, okay? All right. Can't help it. I did, the same, I did the same thing when he was in class. He'll tell you, right? All the, all the time. Almost, probably every day in class, it was it was coming, it was coming. Um, you know, it would it would be it would be stuff like on on photo day. All right, Ethan. All right, make sure you go last today. All right, we want the camera to work for everybody else. All right. Uh, yeah, I did it. Okay. All right. But anyway, um, but thank you know thanking God, thanking God for my wife, my beautiful wife, for my beautiful girls, and and just that I have a, a house and. All the blessings that, that, that I have. And so that those are examples right there. So you can take Acts, A-C-T-S, and you, I don't have it up on the screen, but that is one guide. But let me be honest here as well, that even that can become formulaic, okay? It can become, you know, just kind of like I'm just going through the motions, you know? And yes, it helps me, but then I catch myself, you know, gosh, man, I'm, I don't feel like I'm really, I'm, I'm doing it, but my heart's not in it, you know? And so sometimes it's, uh, it's good to just not do that all right? and just pray, just pray differently, just be completely honest and open. And then, uh, you know, of course, he gives us, Jesus gives us a, uh, a, a model of prayer in the Bible, right? All right? The Lord's Prayer, we call it. Right? It's more than just something that you, that you, uh, you do together as a team, all right? which I did as a coach. I definitely did that. But um, look, at, look at what uh, this prayer looks like. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Right there, he's addressing the idea. There's a, a somebody, a, you know, but Father in heaven. We're, we're addressing God. You're higher than us. Hallowed means holy. Be your name. We want to worship you today, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray in that. You know, God, you'll work things out. I don't understand them. Sometimes I don't even want to turn on the news. All right, but the, the you know, your kingdom come. Your will be done. And then give us this day our daily bread. Uh, thank you for providing for me today, and pray that you'll continue to do that and forgive us our debts. That's the that's the confession in there. As we have also forgiven our debtors, help me forgive those who've who've uh, wronged me, Amen. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then goes on to say, "Thine is the kingdom, power, and glory, right? forever and ever." So praise your will be done. We recognize that God is in control, that He will meet our needs, that we will that He will forgive us, that we will forgive others, and that. He'll watch over our every step. Amen. And so that's, you know, so I just want to make make that point. This every type of prayer. It's not just 
praying for Mr. Tommy and Mr. Loris, which we should def, you know definitely pray for each other, but it's, and pray for ourselves and our and our, and our requests. But we also confess and we also thank the Lord and we also praise the Lord. Amen. So I just want to kind of make that clear there. So prayer should permeate our lives as Christians. Should be in every part of our lives. We should pray at all times in spirit with all kinds of prayers, and then thirdly, alertly with all perseverance. Verse 18 again, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance. That's where we are here. Okay? There was a man who always fell asleep in church because the preacher was so long-winded. The pastor got so agitated about it that he gave one of the deacons a stick to hit him over the head with every time he fell asleep. I thought it would be, we ought to look into this. This Next business meeting, somebody remember. All right. Once the man dozed off, the deacon tapped him on the head and woke him up. A few minutes later, he started dozing again, so the deacon hit him again, this time a little harder. <laughs> again, waking him up, but only temporarily as he went back to sleep. When he fell asleep the third time, the deacon hit him so hard, he knocked him out the pew and into the floor, <laughs> almost knocking, <laughs> knocking his behind out. Rather than responding in anger, the delinquent church member was heard to say, hit me again, I can still hear him preaching. <laughs> oh, I like that one, man. I like that one. Oh, oh maybe. I get amen. First one, first one in like a month. All right. Um, have you ever heard of Eutychus? Just a quiz. Anybody ever heard of Eutychus? Oh, as soon as you start hearing it, you'll know. I bet Sally, Sally knows. Eutychus? Okay, here we go. Acts 20, verses 7 through 9. On the first day of the week, we assembled to break bread. Paul spoke to them, and since he was about to depart the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. There was many lamps in the room upstairs where we were assembled, and a young man named Eutychus was sitting on the windowsill and sank into a deep sleep as Paul kept on talking. When he, when he was overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. Right, now he was revived, but still, uh, yeah, don't be a Eutychus. All right, don't be a Eutychus. But, but I, I said that really to make the, the point, kind of a non-point, kind of like a non-example. That's really not we're talk, what we're talking about here. Number three, pray alertly with all perseverance. It, 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 it's, I'm not necessarily meaning to, you know, uh, to stay awake, although you should probably do that, okay, um, especially in church, Alex. All right, um, I mean, I saw you the other day. Okay, I'm just playing. All right. A fifth grade boy who had heard a sermon on persistence in prayer was praying by himself in his room one night. As his dad passed his door, he heard the boy praying over and over again, Tokyo, 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 Tokyo. The next day, the dad asked his son what he was doing. The boy replied that he had given the wrong answer on a test for the capital of Mexico, and he was praying that Tokyo would become the capital of Mexico. <laughs> Tokyo, Tokyo, to oh, Tokyo, Tokyo. But he was persistent. He was, you know, uh, I don't know about I don't know about that actually working. But at least he was persistent. He was, boy, he was trying. He kept trying. He kept going. See Romans twelve verse twelve says, "Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Persistent in prayer." Uh, Colossians four two says, "Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving." Again, that's one I have struggled with, like in reality, physically sometimes. All right. uh, again, it doesn't necessarily mean to not fall asleep. It means not to give up whenever it seems there's no answer. Amen. We keep, we, we keep praying. Right. And things are bleak and they don't look good at all, but we keep, we keep praying. We keep praying. And we keep praying. We pray that, that that person will come to Christ and then 
he comes to Christ. You know, you pray for years. You know, we, we pray for years. I I, I prayed for, um, well, gosh, when, when was I saved? When I was 20. Uh, and I met Sally at tw- age 29 or so. Right? So I pray for almost a decade every day right, for her. Right? And, and, you know, and it took a while. I, mean, I was like, God, you want to answer that prayer anytime soon, brother? All right? But be persistent. Amen. All right? And, and what we read earlier, and I'm not going to read the whole scripture again, but what Sally read to us earlier, and, and the, the lady going to the to the the unjust judge, and and the judge, man, she's wearing me out, you know. And and then the Lord said, "Listen to what the unjust judge says. I will, will not God grant justice to His elect who cry out to Him day and night." Right. So she kept going back to Him, kept going back, kept going back. Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. All right, just kept going back. All right, may we. Keep doing the same, and when things are are discouraging, and and like I said, when they're bleak, may we keep on praying. Amen. Be persistent. It's the spirit of the widow who kept going back to the judge. That's what that's what we're looking at there. See, prayer should permeate our lives as Christians. We should pray at all times in the spirit, right? Constantly with all kinds of prayers. We should look at alertly with all perseverance, and then for all the saints. Do you, do you pray for your Christian brothers and sisters? Pray for them. Right? Ones in this church and even the ones um, not from this church, do we pray for them? Yeah. Ephesians 6, 18-20. This is the whole passage here. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me. And this is what I alluded to earlier, what I read to you before the church, before at the beginning of the service. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am ambassador in change. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Number four, pray for all the saints. Folks said man very easily takes his difficulties to his fellows instead of to God. We complain. We go to our friends and we complain and we say, gosh, man, how about taking our fellows to God instead? Ooh, I'll preach. We take our problems instead. Warren Wiersbe pointed out the Lord's Prayer doesn't start my Father, does it? How does it start? Our Father in heaven. Our Father. See, do you pray for your fellow believers? Please do so. And while there are certainly many things we can pray for each other about, you know, obviously when, when, when people get sick and when Miss Ron and Mr. Steve are sick and we're praying for them and Mr. Mike going through the, the, the you know, through, through his process and, um, you know, and we, we'll pray, we meet here, we'll pray, we'll go through that whole list, you know, and, and we pray for loved ones to be saved, we pray for people with cancer, right, we have a military uh, section there and we, we have uh, an unspoken and, and health and healing and all those things, right? Um, I think we can see in this passage two particular things to pray for everyone in the room. Right? Who, who has? Get, I believe most. I believe most everybody's giving their life to Christ in this room. And I thought this was really cool. And this is something that I've tried to start putting into my into my prayer life. You know, two things: be bold in sharing the gospel, be ambassador for Christ. It's, it's it's right there in that scripture. All right, that we pray. Now, can you pray for more? Oh yeah, by all means, pray for more. <laughs> you know. Um, you know, pray for more things. But to me, these are two very appropriate things to pray for, for fellow Christians, for our brothers and sisters, and it's right here from Ephesians chapter 6. So let's look at those two things there. 
Okay, boldly share the gospel. Colossians 4, 3 says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So when he told the, uh, the people in Colossae, the same type thing. Pray that, that you know, we can share the gospel. Mystery of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 says, In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. That it may spread, that the word, and again, the gospel will spread. And Acts chapter 4, verse 29 says, And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness. And that's something, again, that we can, we can pray. Some theologians believe that verse 19 all right, when we look at back, I'm going to just go look back at it again. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, that it focuses on the ability to speak clearly about the gospel. Okay? Just to have the right word to say, to explain it well, so to speak. And then verse 20 is more about speaking it without fear. Right? And so, uh, and it's been said that too many preachers only do one of those two things. And I was like, whew, that's an amen or oh me. Like, God, I hope I do both. Right? So that's something you can pray specifically for me, that I do both of those things. But what about what about you? Because, see, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't go to your work, and I'm not at your job, and I'm not at your place where you work, Ethan, and I'm not, you know, so, you know, we're praying for each other, right, that we can share the gospel with those we come in contact with. Amen? Right? That we, that we um, in the Great Commission, that we're, we're, that we're being obedient to that wherever we are. And then not only uh, should we pray for each other that, that to be bold in sharing the gospel, that we will be ambassadors for Christ. Right? Um, and again, one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making His appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That we represent, you know, what do ambassadors do for countries? They represent that country, right? To other countries. And they, they go and, uh, and make appeals, but they, you know, hey, you know, this is, this is, this is who we are. And so as Christians, that's something that, that we should pray for each other, that we'll be ambassadors for Christ, that our, that our walk will match our talk, you know, uh, that we don't come across as hypocrites. Okay? Of course, y'all know what we said about that. I've heard a preacher say before, you know, how somebody said, well, I can't go to that church. It's full of a bunch of hypocrites. And he was like, well, let's go ahead and join us. One more won't hurt, you know. Um, but because in some way, and one, I'm sure we are all hypocrites in some way. Right? Be um, be bold and then be ambassadors. And then, why did God and I, and I? Well, why did Paul do this? I want to kind of address this again. Why did Paul ask for these specific prayers? Because he would appear before the king right? to give a speech, and not merely a personal defense, but a message of the disclosed mystery as an ambassador from the risen and exalted king. And he does just that. I read it to you this morning. Right? And he was bold in sharing the gospel there. And I love what John Stott says. He says, What concerns Paul most is not that his wrist may be unchained, but that his mouth may be opened in testimony. Not that he may be set free, but that the gospel may be spread freely and without hindrance. So again, think about his situation. He could ask for freedom from himself, but he wanted the, wanted the gospel presented. It is for this, then, that he prays and asks the Ephesians to pray to. Against such prayer, the principalities and powers are helpless. So as we ask Mr. Lewis and Sally to come up, ask yourself, do you pray? Do you pray? In church, do we pray? As in group.
Isaiah 56, verse 7 says, I will bring, sorry, as Alice come up. I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. During World War II, I love this, it says, uh, an officer was briefing his men on how to take a certain objective. He demonstrated to them the manner in which they needed to hug the ground as to stay below enemy fire. Right? Kind of like somebody sneaking into the house when they're eight, eight, 17 or 18 and not getting caught by parents. Ethan never did that. Amen. No, but all seriousness, he demonstrated to them the manner in which they needed to hug the ground so as to stay below enemy fire. And he said in conclusion, this is powerful, if you advance on your knees, you will always be safe. Oh, Christian, are you advancing on your knees today? Are you advancing on your knees? See, we're in a battle, a real battle. May we advance on our knees with the rest of the armor of God on, ready for it. And as for non-Christians, call on the name of the Lord. Real simple today, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on today. Uh, recognize that Jesus died in your place for your sins. Right? And accept that what He did on the cross counts for you. And if you've never made a decision, I pray that you will. And if you're listening, you know, because I think some, a few listen, um, then, then contact me somehow right, on Facebook and I'll be glad to talk to you. Right? Love you guys. As we want to we'll close and, and uh, sing. It's page 280, Jesus keep me near the cross. Let's all stand.